I realize your guys' show is for the lore, which seems like it actually for the lore, and it almost <laughs> works. You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Joining Roger is Joe, writer from WoW Insider and World of Maticus, and Vince from Massive Nerd. Hello, welcome to For the Lore, this is Roger coming to you on Monday, the 12th of December, the day before the freaking pre-early access for Star Wars The Old Republic. Of course, nobody knows if they're getting in tomorrow. We're not going to find it out until tomorrow. That kind of pisses me off a little bit. You know, a day's notice so that we could plan our sick time excuse would have been appreciated, really. <laughs> now we got to wake up at 7, wait for that email, and then, like, call it the last minute. Not cool. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for some coming us, out <laughs> so, some of us can't get the day off anyway so no i probably won't take the day off no i'm gonna be waiting for my son to get home from school so that we can start playing together i, I if i can get in tomorrow i will be reserving the names that we want at least because uh, he's already told me what he wants so just reserve the names kind of thing and then wait till he gets home and plays we are just like everybody you can you can almost feel the energy on twitter right now and on g plus it's like this freaking feverish force-filled energy and everybody's just dying to get in game and they what gmail's gonna crash tomorrow <laughs> shut up dude that's not funny too many people refreshing their inbox yes the uh they did uh, release the information in terms of where your guild is going to be if you signed up for the early guild access stuff. So if you pre-registered your guild, at least you know where it's going to be. Now, that being said, they even did say, you know, it's not a certainty that may still change, but at least what it allowed us to do was get a constructed early list of the servers and the type of servers they are so the name and the type of server it is and the location the time zone as well because they weren't going to be releasing that the bastards of course not it would it would make sense <laughs> that you would want to work with your customers and allow them to be a little bit more prepared no 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 but in telling people where their gills are, it says what the realm is and if it's a, a PvP or PvE or an RP realm, and then the time zone. So then Darth Hader got together, and they have a fantastic uh, base of, of people who, who read the site. And so they started commenting on all of their guilds and their their sites and the, what realms, what servers they were, were going on. So we decided that we are going to be on the Ebonhawk. So if anybody would like to play with us... And Joe has said that he's going to be joining us as well. So myself, my son, you, and Joe at the minimum are going to be playing on the Ebonhawk, which is an RP PVE Realm Eastern Time Zone. So, and it has a freaking cool name. 
Yeah. I, I didn't. As long as it's not hut rash or, you know, something. Yeah. I, I didn't want a cool name because the cool names tend to have, you know, a lot more people on them. That being said, when you look at the freaking server list, dude, there's a lot of awesome names. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, maybe not everybody's going to want the Ebonhawk. Anyways, a lot of people won't even know what it is. And if you don't, it's the ship that uh, that Revan quote unquote borrows in Kotor, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it plays a, a part in the Revan novel as well. So when I read that, that was like one of the few Eastern uh, time zone RP realms. It was like awesome. I'll take it. So, anyways, moving on from stuff that's actually not Star Wars related this week. What? You, I, this is what I'm saying. We can actually. What was there anything in particular that you wanted to touch on on Star Wars? No, I just didn't know there was other stuff. Okay, well, we could have just waxed poetically about different other things that we've already touched on. <laughs> Why not? Actually, it is, if, if you folks haven't checked it out yet, if you go to thedroidcast.com, my son and I recorded the first episode. It is available. It's not yet on iTunes. I'm still waiting for them, of course. But it is out, and you can listen to it. We had a blast. There's a fantastic RP feature from Joe. I asked him to, to uh, if he wanted to submit something for the quest line on the quest that we talked about here before, the Dreams of Korriban, and he decided... I'm RP in it. And it was awesome. It was actually quite cool. So uh, so make sure to go and check that out. Now, we did get some late-breaking news about Guild Wars today at, that wasn't actually supposed to even be out yet. Because, Oops. Yeah, really. It, um, Arena Net, they accidentally leaked it out the day before Star Wars starts? Well, it wasn't that... I. <laughs> See, in something uh-huh. like that, I, it's hard to tell. <laughs> it's hard to tell if it is something like that, which I wouldn't put it over them, of course, or if it's something where, again, it's a basically a review, a news site that's chumping the gun just to get all the attention and as many hits as they can yeah, by breaking these agreements that they have. I I would think it's more that, because quite frankly, if ArenaNet wanted to have the attention before the Star Wars thing, they would have just released the information. They're releasing it on Wednesday anyway. So basically, it's the final profession, the eighth and final profession, and it was Game Reactor Denmark that actually jumped the gun and revealed it, and they had a video as well, which has since been taken down, and it shows us that the final profession is the Mesmer. And basically, uh, the camp is pretty equally split in people that were and are not surprised kind of thing. Um, I I played Mesmer in Guild Wars. I'm very interested to see what the differences are going to be and how they're going to stay still kind of true to the profession in Guild Wars 2 because they've ramped up everything in Guild Wars 2 in terms of what professions can do. So I'm I'm very, very interested to see what it'll be like for for Guild Wars 2. Yeah, I... Don't I'd never played uh, the Mesmer in the first one, so uh, I'm I'm still kind of leading towards the uh, the Guardian myself. Right. The, well, the Mesmer was a a trickier class to play, a profession, I should say, to play, and that's why if, if people had only done one playthrough kind of thing, more often than not, it was far easier to go with a a simpler profession or a combination of a couple simple, like a warrior monk kind of thing. Then you are you don't have to worry as much. The mesmer was a little bit trickier to play, and so, but again, how they're doing things in Guild Wars two. 
so far, I've not found any of the classes to be tricky. They're just, they're, they're amped up versions of what they were in one kind of thing. So I'm very, very curious what this is going to mean to the Mesmer. I, I think it'll be a hell of a lot of fun. It'll be an awesome class. I'm looking forward to Wednesday when we're actually going to get the official reveals that'll show the uh, the abilities and whatnot as well too. Because the Mesmer is very awesome in, in groups as well as in, in PvP and things like that too. So again, knowing how PvP-centric um, Guild Wars 2 is going to be, and and having seen the awesome freaking PvP settings that they've got set up, then something like a Mesmer that is far more about controlling and things like that, then that's going to be pretty cool to see what they can do, the havoc they can they can have it in, in uh, PvP. Now, we also found out about some DLC that's going to be coming out. Basically, the DLC that we'd been told would not be coming out, but... It is. You want to take this? Yeah, uh, we're getting some Bastion DLC yeah. coming up. And uh, they said it's going to be free on PC and all the equivalents, including uh, Chrome, which we're actually going to come back to later. And as cheap as Microsoft will allow on Xbox Live. So it's 80 points, basically a buck. And it's titled The Stranger's Dream. And the uh, meat of the DLC is a new who knows where segment. Uh, remember those when you were in the Bastion, if you interacted with certain items, uh, the kid would just kind of fall asleep and end up in this weird realm where you have to fight wave after wave of enemies while Rux tells a backstory that really fleshed out the game. Those were really cool segments. And they're saying this one is actually going to focus on the backstory of Rux himself and learning more about him and uh, the whole history of Salandia itself that's something i'm really looking forward to yeah very very much i i, I like it too because it's a uh, uh basically a gift to the fans you know you guys gave us a much bigger um uh game than what we were initially anticipating and here here's something for it and i mean we're going to get to that when we talk a little bit about that in the vgas as well too they did fantastic and i'm very happy for them and this does look like a hell of a lot of fun and honestly a buck on you know the xbox live jesus you'd be an asshole not to buy it <laughs> <laughs> and then on top of that we're also getting some extra uh, modes for the game itself first of all there's a score attack mode which uh gives your gives you a running score as you're playing through the game has online leaderboards i'm sure people who are into that it's going to be pretty fun especially with how varied and interesting the combat can get you can get a lot of people like trying to min max their characters can be pretty interesting and then no sweat mode where if the game was too hard for you i uh, don't know how but okay uh they, hey, that now... crocodile dude is tough all right shut up <laughs> that freaking ankle gator he's tough he's a bastard i don't like him well now you can have uh basically infinite lives to just keep trying keep keep going kid you can do it ankle gator will down eventually you know you just keep keep at it <laughs> just keep zerging the thing basically yes so yes very very cool news actually did we get a date on when that's coming out i don't have one in the notes i don't think we have no, i don't think it it uh it set a date okay so there's no date that we see so far hopefully soon though it, they are they, they have said it's a christmas thing so i'm anticipating that's gonna be coming out pretty damn soon so uh some other news that we got this week well <laughs> let's say for some fines okay you found this skyrim connect thing which you think is pretty cool i watched it and it was like hmm it's it's a it's, it's a contrast. work in progress. Yes, if nothing but the shouts. Yeah, I mean, that's if you're going to be playing Skyrim, who doesn't want to be shouting Fusroda in their freaking living room? 
<laughs> it was cool. I just, it would be, would, I don't know. I would have picked an easier game to work on than <laughs> this. I mean, you got to start remembering what everything's got to do kind of thing to move around and twist around when, meanwhile, you got a bear chomping on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think it, it, it's cool how it worked out. Everything uh, with the voice command, that was very responsive. Yes. And I'm actually impressed with how well the aiming worked. I mean, you could tell it still needed some fine tuning, but a lot better than I would have expected. See, what I took out of this and what is what I've said before, I'm hoping that they're going to do with a lot more games, which they are going to be doing with Mass Effect 3, are the voice commands using the Kinect when you're playing the uh, 360 mm-hmm. version. You don't have to be swinging a sword. You don't have to be swinging your arms and dancing all over the place. There's, again, make use of certain aspects of what the Kinect can do. And the voice stuff is one of those. So free up one of the buttons, free up, you know, something so that while you're doing something, it's still a lot easier instead of having to press a button for a shout, just say something. Especially with the shouts always having to switch back and forth in combat. Uh, like you said, in this version that we saw in the video here, he just had one uh, shout command, and it would use whichever one he had active. But he said, if you read the comments uh, and the description in the video, it said he already has a newer version that he doesn't have a video for yet, where it uh, uses the shouts on the fly. So you don't have to actually equip the shout to use it. You can just say, foos, and it will do the 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 force thing and then or you know whatever it is uh, the fire breath i don't know what the rest of the words and i don't play the game that much <laughs> there's no reason for them not to do that with the connect yeah just put it so that every single word is a different one so that you remember your words and then you use every one that you want so that gives you an arsenal of you know all of those words and you don't have to pause had they implemented something like that in the game which is not difficult they easily could have done this had they implemented that into the the 360 version it would have been a no-brainer which one I would have bought. Yeah. So moving on from there, let's talk a little bit about Reckoning because there was this fantastic video Mm. that gave us some more information. It was an interview, and it gave us more information about um, about the game, about the gameplay, a whole bunch of different stuff. I'll let you take this one as well. Oh, actually, before we get to that, though, or no, we'll wait until after to talk about the additions that are coming out. Yeah. Uh, yet more Reckoning stuff. And every time we see this game, they're just showing off more stuff that we never even dreamed of, let alone expected. And we just got, we got a lot of combat stuff in this one, um, really streamlining and further explaining stuff we'd seen before. Uh, a couple things I took of it. I really liked uh, just how intuitive and quick it was switching between the different weapon types. Uh, definitely more Fable than anything else out there you know yeah you're you're, you're not having to hit a button switch weapons no you're swinging with your sword you hit another button you're immediately shooting arrows i liked that yeah very much how i I also found it interesting how they're really giving the hybrids an identity and this is kind of what you see in skyrim and he kind of mentioned in you know quote other games that don't really give you a class that you're just kind of that guy who can do stuff and what we said with the Destiny system, they're, they're taking that and really melding it into some really interesting classes, even if there is no set class. And I found it really interesting when he was talking about the hybrids because, you know, okay, if you're a mage, you're a mage. If you're a warrior, you're a warrior. But in so many games, if you're a hybrid, you're, you know, that guy who can do stuff. And he, well, he was talking about uh, the way he was leveling his rogue was that he had specialized it to such a point with his destinies and his skill selections that his rogue – was a mage hybrid 
that's specifically focused on enchanting his weapons magically. And how you can get that much definition out of a hybrid in this game is very exciting. It is because, like he says too, like so many games, when you are choosing what class you want to play and whatnot, you are doing that inside of the first few minutes that you're playing the game. And then you're essentially stuck with that class until you figure out that they're not the one that you really would like to play or that you should be played and all those things. Yeah, Oblivion. Morrowind. Whereas with this, you actually have the option to change on the fly when you want to. You and and they don't want to penalize you for specializing. And that, see, that's something that we're seeing in the Old Republic as well already, wherein you want to work down towards your tree, towards the pinnacle of what those skill sets are, and not be too much of a hybrid. We've seen that in so many. MMOs and RPGs and everything. Whereas here they're saying, no, we want you to feel like, oh, that's a cool ability. I want to be able to do that and not feel like you're going to be punished for that. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And one thing that kind of really blew me away, and I don't know if it, I should have been as amazed by this as I was, but I've never seen it anywhere else. The chicken killing? <laughs> you, you noticed the townsfolk didn't get up in arms yeah really <laughs> they're just no, chickens it, for Christ's sakes somebody fire up the barbecue <laughs> this is the first time i'd actually seen them playing on the actual pc version yes. of the game yes and he was playing it with the 360 pad and you know as a demonstration he put down the 360 pad and just immediately started using the keyboard and mouse didn't go into the options menu didn't hit any buttons just put one down, picked up the other, and the UI automatically switched to a PC interface. And then he picked the controller back up, and it automatically switched back to a console interface. I've never seen a game do that before. Very, very cool, yeah. I was very blown away. And again, that's making me lean more towards the Xbox version than the PC version, which is, again, surprising, because I tend to prefer these as PC games. But it's it the, the gameplay looks like it's going to be refreshing whichever style you choose and then the UI actually changing to match that. I mean, hell, that would have been nice in freaking Skyrim, people, you know, <laughs> instead of a <laughs> or straight a PC port. UI at all. Yeah, really. <laughs> and uh, what about those lore stones, man? That was cool. There was a lot that was cool. See, you're talking about that, and what I took mainly from this video was the uh, the fact that the main quest that they were showing, there was five <laughs> different ways you could complete yeah. that quest. Like, he, he, he went back several times to the lore in the game, and I like that here's a dev that's talking to someone who appears to be very interested in the the gameplay and whatnot. He, he I'll, I'll give the guy credit. He did ask about story and things like that, too, and he mentioned the wealth of books that you could read and things like that, so that was cool. But, pardon me, here's a dev that's going out of his way to say, like, how much there is to the story, how much your choices have an impact on how the story's going to progress within reason, of course. We're not going to have these wild different endings and whatnot. Some quests will have different endings, he said, but for the most part, not necessarily. But at least you have the option in terms of how it is you want to progress. If you want to play the game as just somebody who goes and slaughters, you can go and kill all the freaking trolls, get the key that you want to go unlock the guy. Or you can make your way through steal a book go trade it with the gnomes and do that or if your lock picking or pickpocketing is high enough you can go and steal the key from a gnome and unlock it there was he said five different ways that you can complete this one quest that i think is brilliant yeah really something to look forward to but 
how about the length on the game? <laughs> yeah, Jesus, dude. We, 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 we've, we've, we've heard it mentioned so many times, like, oh, you can do the main quest in 30 hours. It's, you know, like, oh, okay, it's going to be an average length game. And talking about this contest they have going on with the testers right now, how they are doing a 100% completion speed run of the game. So they have to do every quest, complete everything, but skipping all the dialogue, knowing the fastest ways to progress, you know, fast traveling as much as possible, not bothering with any of the stuff a normal person would do playing the game. And they're clocking in at 200 hours. These are the Q&A testers. These aren't, these they, aren't just the devs kind of thing. Doing. These are the Q&A guys that by now are sick of the game. They know it inside and out. 200 hours for them. And that's skipping all of the dialogue, too. That's the big one right there. And it's like, oh, my freaking Lord. And, and, and sprinting everywhere. Nobody's walking. They're all sprinting. <laughs> that's insane. And honestly, who's not going to be doing the side quests? It, it doesn't make sense not to do the side Side quests. They're just as enjoyable as the main quests, and, and you're going to get that much more out of that world. It's not like that world doesn't have so many layers to it, thanks to Salvatore. So, no, it was a fantastic video, and once again, makes me excited for February 7th. That's when she's coming out, and <laughs> I am looking forward to it. Absolutely, and I, I've already ordered my copy, as we will discuss. Oh, yeah? The, the only problem is, is that... <laughs> I don't know if we can get it done before Mass Effect 3 comes out. <laughs> it's not happening. You're going to have to, to tag something. Yeah, and we're still going to be playing the freaking Old Republic at that time. It's going to be tough. Thankfully, I'll be done with Skyrim by then. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Really? I'm still working on that light. I'm at about <laughs> seven hours, and I've, st I've started completing quest lines now. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to if you want to proceed. <laughs> no, I. you know what? I still haven't been back in there, um, so I still need to get back to, to Skyrim. But first, I actually, I want to get back into Batman and finally finish, at minimum, the freaking main quest line and everything <laughs> but the Riddler stuff. Everything but the Riddler. The Riddler can just freaking wait. I don't give a rat's ass about him. So... Uh, so anyways, yeah, so now we did find out about the additions that are coming out too. And unfortunately, they decided to go the route of the freaking statue. So you're well, looking at... I don't care how cool it is, dude. It's a freaking statue. Well, you don't have to get the statue. No, but then I don't know how much... Hold on, I'm going to bring it up here. No, the, 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 the package without the statue is perfect. Does it have everything the same, though? It has everything but the statue and the concept art. Is it? Okay, all right. You get the cards. That's all that matters. Yeah, I want those damn cards, dude. What, what were we saying when they when they were teasing it? And I was like, I don't want the statue. All I, I want yeah, is the cards. Basically. This is before we even knew the there cards is, yeah. physically existed. Yeah, so you're looking at a special edition, which comes out to 80 bucks, And that one does have uh, the game, a map, uh, a seven-piece dice set and dice bag, which I think is hilarious, uh, 40 Destiny cards. It has a soundtrack, and it has bonus DLC as well. Is there a regular, regular edition? Well, yeah. I mean, it's not listed here because it's just yeah, it's regular. Not. Okay, so you get that, and then you get the collector's edition, which is basically that and um, the troll and the what is that? A print in the back there. Uh, I think they said it's uh, it's a concept art, and I think it's lithograph. signed by Ken Ralston. Yeah, lithograph, yeah, lithograph signed, signed by, by Ken Ralston. Yeah, and same old crap. And that one's yeah, do. $100. And then the signature edition is, as the name implies, signed by the crew. Um, and then it's uh, you get one of 300 individually numbered limited edition Todd McFarlane sketch screen prints. 
in addition to everything else. That's a cool freaking package, but yeah. But that sucker's two hundred and seventy-five dollars. You can buy a freaking Xbox for that, people. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah, but there's people out there who will buy that for their freaking McFarlane sketch alone. Yeah, and the the troll is made by McFarlane's company there. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be well made, that's for sure. But, I mean, that's a crap more, load of money. More important than the prices is the, how limited these are, though. They said, you know, the, the super fancy one is limited to 300 The medium one is limited to 700 but even the special edition is limited to a thousand, or I'm sorry, two thousand. Two thousand, yeah. I didn't know that until an hour ago. <laughs> I assumed the special edition was going to be like every other special edition. You know, you pre-order it, you get it. As soon as I saw that an hour ago, I ordered mine. <laughs> I didn't know that until now. <laughs> Amazon.ca. Please, Let's uh, have a no, little no, no. check. You here. can only order it through their site. Really? It's that it's that limited. They're not sending it out to other retailers. No way. Yeah. Where's the link for that? Uh, I think it was up at the top of that article. Or, no, it's somewhere in here. I know I clicked on it. <laughs> We're going to edit this out because I'm checking here. <laughs> <laughs> I clicked on it somewhere, I swear. <laughs> Freaking Malagash and Hoog must be laughing their asses <laughs> off right now. Hold on a second. <laughs> I'm typing it in. I put my credit card on while I'm showing this. <laughs> I'm just putting it on my freaking Mac. Funniest outtakes ever, people. Oh, come on. No, don't do this to me. Yeah, as soon as I found out that the special edition was limited, right then and there I ordered it. I'm assuming I have enough money in my bank well, account. <laughs> Dude. Either way, I know. What did you buy it for? What did you buy it 2000, for? Uh, 360. Hmm. 2,360 versions will sell quick. Damn it. What do I want to play this on? Big decision to make on the spot with people listening, you know, is what Lie. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, guys, don't rush me. <laughs> okay. Oh, he. <laughs> I'm doing it. What do you? What are you laughing? I'm not. I can't see what he's saying because I'm doing. Like it my just trash talking. That's all. And you're across the country. <laughs> <laughs> makes you feel any better he can't get this at all i know so they're buddy i love how they have this website set up for gift certificates and coupon codes when there's only one thing they're selling <laughs> confirmation code i has it screenshot <laughs> we may proceed with the show so there, Malagash. <laughs> Hoog's never said a word. He's passed out with a bottle in his hands. <laughs> All right. So, what were we, hey, how about we talk some more about Reckoning? <laughs> hey, did you know? <laughs> oh, I actually even had the video playing here. Uh, nobody could watch it. Too bad. Yeah. 
All right. So, yes, very awesome. Obviously, quite often. <laughs> awesome, seeing as we both pre-ordered today. <laughs> the, um, the game does look fantastic. Everything we've seen about it looks great. And the fact that, and they mentioned this again during this video too, how it is basically that leading into the MMO. And I can't say enough how much of a, a draw that is for me because based on the quality that we've seen for this standalone I can only uh, guess what kind of quality we can expect for the MMO. Now, the only downside, of course, is going to be the length of time the MMO is going to take to put out. However, if they're using the same engine, which is what they were talking about, then one would hope it wouldn't be that long. And, and again, there's such a, a wealth of lore and history that it should make for a phenomenal game. I, I kind of found it interesting, too, how they finally explained what the relationship is between 38 studios and big, huge games. Remember yes. the last time we talked about this? This was a discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So if you're curious, watch the video. Watch the video. And uh, for the record, assuming they're still available by the time you're listening to the episode, limitededditions.reckoning.com. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> I got mine. <laughs> so, okay, moving on from there. We also got some some rumors, some Nintendo rumors about Miyamoto retiring, but not so much retiring. Uh changed his mind. <laughs> well, he didn't change his mind. I he never know. said he yeah, this was a huge thing because of course you know how the internet works. <laughs> He said he was stepping down as the head of development for Nintendo and just, you know, he wanted to work on smaller projects, work with some of the younger guys, share his knowledge and allow the company to, you know, give a uh, bring a successor on board and, you know, just be able having an exit strategy without, you know, just one day saying I quit and you know, Nintendo screwed. So, yeah, Miyamoto is stepping down as the guy at Nintendo, but he's not retiring. <laughs> But even that, though, there was an update that said that he's not retiring. It's kind of hard to tell at this point what is the truth and what is going to be happening. Well, but it, it's hard to believe that something like this wouldn't have come out for some reason still. I do anticipate that he will want to be stepping down. like Because he had mentioned this before in another article before, that he wanted to work on smaller projects. Not something that's going to take five years to put out like the Zelda games and whatnot. Yeah, there's only so many AAA titles you can make before you need a break. I think he's proven himself. <laughs> I mean, that's quite <laughs> obvious from the yeah. VGAs with it being the first game to be entered in their, into their Hall of Fame. Of course, it's the VGAs. What so a prestigious establishment what, that what is. What that means is, yeah, open to debate. We're going to get to the VGAs in a little bit. Uh, just a couple of, of, of new hardware kind of news and, uh, and platform news. There was a little bit of information put out on OnLive. They are stretching out to now service on on tablets and they've got a different handheld that you can use for if you've got if you're on an iPad or whatever that'll allow you to interface with it and then they are they don't have all of their games set up that way yet but they have some they were talking about um LA Noir especially where they've got a they they integrated a touch screen interface with it so that you can actually touch everything as you're as you're playing through the game so that's kind of cool the more I hear about that service, the more impressed I am. I'm really going to have to look, check it out one of these days. Uh, I'd be impressed if I could get it in Canada. Sadly, it's not available here. So, wah, wah. yeah, they'll, they'll, <laughs> I like how they say the further away you get, the service is going to get worse. Yet it's available in Alaska. 
<laughs> so, explain that to me, please. All right. <laughs> Christ. Joke and throw a rock and hit me. All right. So uh, if it works there, it should work here. No. God. And then the big news, too, was the jump that Chrome has made, Google has made, with their the new gaming platform that they want to set up on Chrome. That was huge, actually, in what it will mean for browser games and the quality of the browser games. Yeah, you know, Chrome has had their little web store whatever thing for a while now, and it's always been stuff like, you know, Angry Birds and crap like that. But this is a huge step for them. Uh, their their first game launched on this new version of the service was Bastion. So, I mean, it's not like they're you know digging the bottom of the barrel. That's If you haven't played Bastion by now, get in Google Chrome and buy it. Yeah, for some really. reason, you know, you don't have an Xbox and you don't like Steam. I, I don't know. But... The, the technology is pretty cool when they were talking about how the game devs, how simple it is for them to make a game that can work in Chrome. And like we've seen so many games, you know, porting over to a PC version can be a bit of a headache for a lot of games. Like look at Arkham City. It took them an extra month and the PC version still sucks. But what they said is any game that's developed using this uh, Unity 3D engine, literally all they have to do is check a box <laughs> a check mark and the game will work in the Chrome browser. Yeah. And what this is going to mean for finally the Android tablet market, I'm hoping is going to mean that it can compete more with the iPad because it'll have a lot more that people can can pick up for it. Cuz hardware-wise there's no reason it can't. It's just there's no software. Yeah. So that's going to be pretty cool. It is indeed. Okay, let's move on finally to the VGAs. I don't want to spend too much time going over all of the winners and whatnot, um, simply because we're actually going to be doing our best of the year next week. And there will be drinks drank, and there will be some fun, and uh, maybe maybe a drinking game or two. Whenever Joe is pretentious, we we take a shot, you know, something. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll be, we'll be we're over the next day. episode. <laughs> And uh, but I do want to go over some of what we saw um, on Saturday. So in terms of the world firsts, some of it was an actual world first, maybe for these people. I mean, Bioshock <laughs> Infinite, not so much worth the world first. <laughs> Mass Effect's world first was at last year's VGAs. Yeah, so, hmm. But we did still get some interesting stuff. And the one, of course, that caught my eye was the new Naughty Dog IP, The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. God damn, this looks freaking cool. Of course, nice post-apocalyptic type of game. Um, the, the, the trailer that they showed was all in-game engine as well. That's what your freaking game's going to look like when you're playing it. And the trailer was phenomenal. I mean, you don't have to look any further than freaking Uncharted, which won the best graphics of the year to know that they know how to make a game that is going to look damn cool. And the trailer itself didn't impress me that much because when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, another zombie game. <laughs> but what you told me about it later really, really caught my interest. Well, go ahead. Okay, uh, how they're saying that, and this is conjecture at this point, but pretty much confirmed that it's not your traditional zombie, you know, zombie virus sort of deal. This game seems to be built around 
nature taking back the world and you know humans are no longer wanted or whatever and they go into this craziness about this actual fungus that now scares the crap out of me i forget what it was that was that's a real thing too yeah this is something they made up this fungus actually exists and it uses ants and crap like little marionettes they're like oh it's creepy and no that right there alone made me very interested in the game yeah see i remember seeing that video um quite a while back and it's a it's either a planet earth video or, or one of those kind of thing mm-hmm. and basically it shows a virus that um affects ants and what it does is it spreads throughout all of the other ants and other things as well kind of thing and just basically wipes everything out and it's a it's a population control virus essentially it's a natural thing that occurs and basically they took that idea and ran with it and had fun and so it's 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 something that's more based in a type of reality kind of thing which is what makes these games that much more believable to you than when you're playing it and so you've got the um the 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 not i don't want to say father figure but the older guy and the the teenage girl working together here to try to stay alive and it's a constant constant running trying to survive and escape these these uh well they don't really say if they're kind of mutated they don't say that they're they're dead per se at least i haven't read that yet because i've been reading a few different things about it about what some of the devs have let leak out a little bit kind of thing so but it just looks fantastic and i like the fact that again this is naughty dog has been working on this while they've been working on uncharted 3 so they are now working like a two game studio which is leading them to believe that this game may come out next year which is freaking awesome yeah uh more Naughty Dog is not a bad thing. Oh, damn right. I want I God, I want them getting as big as freaking Bioware and Blizzard. I, th- I want to see so much more from them. I don't think they'll ever get that big. I think they like... Oh, you don't know that. And, and, they, well, they, they, I, they might. And I mean, they're doing the right thing too with the casting for the voices as well. The, the, oh. the male voice is the... Um, Troy Baker. Yeah. Yeah, so... Who, who is uh, Booker from, from Bioshock. From Bioshock Infinite. Infinite. Yeah. So they're... They're comparing him to Nolan North, <laughs> the new up and coming. Nolan Nobody North. will ever be as prolific <laughs> as Nolan North. That guy voice acts his morning breakfast. Yeah. So it's I again having seen the talent that they put into the voice acting as well for Uncharted, all the Uncharted games. Again, this has all the signs to of being just an absolutely fantastic IP. Uh, then we finally got the reveal of what the new Bioware game is that they're working on at their new studio and that's command and conquer 2 did you really command care and conquer generals too that's yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm not that into strategy games so no but it's nice to see bioware doing different things they can only do follow the bioware formula air quotes so much i don't think so i, I think that it's good for the studio to branch out Eh. Try new as, things. As long as it new worlds, take away new from, civilizations. Well, they could have put those people on a better Dragon Age three. <laughs> that, that was an opportunity there that might be missed. Uh, well, I, I, from what I remember uh, reading, this is actually a new studio that got enveloped yes. into Bioware yeah. from EA. So technically, it's not a Bioware Bioware game, but you know they're putting the Bioware name on it because it'll sell an extra million. <laughs> um, 
Rainbow Six Patriots, new one from Ubisoft. That actually looked pretty cool, too. And then, of course, the one that we really cared the most about, too, was Alan Wake, American Nightmare, which they were right. It freaking looks yeah. awesome. <laughs> that is not your traditional Xbox Live arcade game. It looked very, very cool. I'm I'm quite excited to, to be playing that big time. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man, the new one, <sighs> not that much new from what we've already seen recently. I it, it, I don't know. I, I was tweeting all throughout the VGAs just because I needed someone to spread my jokes to. <laughs> was that not the same freaking thing from Mass Effect 3? Yeah, really? <laughs> Identical. I was like, oh, man, they're doing a crossover. Awesome. <laughs> I, geez, it and really. Especially when, when I think of Spider-Man, I don't think of giant hundred foot tall robots. They, they could have. I'm sure it was really impressive, you know, from a trailer standpoint, but. Nothing that really makes me go, oh, that's going to be a great Spider-Man game. No, it's going to be an interesting game that happens to have Spider-Man in it, based upon what they've shown so far. Yeah. Speaking of robots, we got a... (laughs) (laughs) Transformers follow Cybertron. You know what struck me the most about that? The freaking music. Dude, it was freaking amazing. Um, That song is called The Humbling River by a band called Pusifier, just for the record. Fantastic trailer. Really, really freaking cool trailer. Oh, man. Just everything about that was just it built up and built up. I mean, that was a very effective trailer because, I mean, first of all, you'd get, you know, Bumblebee with a freaking hole through his chest. Yeah. Good. I, there was actually emotion from the robots. I'm going to say you cried. You, know, you, you yeah, cried a little bit. <laughs> Wait, the highlight of the entire VGAs was watching Ironhide Falcon punch Starscream across the freaking battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, just the buildup, you see the huge battle going on o- over the ridge, you know, Megatron jacking stuff up. You finally get confirmation that, yes, uh, the Combaticons and Bruticus are going to be in the game as a combiner. Really cool scene for people who haven't been keeping track of this game. If this was kind of your first glimpse of the game, would have been really impressive. And then, of course, you end up with the giant robot dinosaur. So <laughs> I I am so pumped for this. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Fortnite by Epic, which is such a departure from freaking Gears and everything yeah, else. This, it's this unbelievable. Unlike, <laughs> I haven't seen Epic put out a, a, a game with, you know, this sort of cartoony uh, aspect. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they did the old Jazz Jackrabbit games. Let's go, let's go back that far. <laughs> so it should be interesting. I don't know. We I, really I, didn't get that much about it. It seems kind of Minecrafty to me. I don't know, just the whole having to build the your little fortress before night falls and stuff like that. I I don't know, but it's got my interest more than any other epic game in the last decade. Yeah, so still cool. Um, highlight of the night, really. It was it, again, it was the VGAs. It's it's funny, but it's it's one of those things where you you really can't take it seriously anymore to a certain degree and it was better than last year it was Let's better just... than last year of course really <laughs> when you've got Miyamoto on stage accepting the life or the the Hall of Fame for Zelda and he's afraid of being teabagged you're doing it wrong <laughs> all right you're just doing it wrong really that was utter stupidity so I get the whole, you know, demonstrating it on the host, but when the freaking, the guys got... I wonder if they were 
in on, on board it? with that. <laughs> I, I like, you know, they asked beforehand, is it okay if we teabag you on stage? Or <laughs> They better have. They just kind of went with it. I don't know, what, what was it? I think it was the, the Call of Duty guy. He looked yes. a little angry after he got up. I would not be that thrilled. I got to tell you, I, I just would not be that thrilled. Um, best character. Now, this was the one that was voted while the VGAs were going on. The best character went to the Joker. But he didn't win for best voice, which was... Very freaking surprising, actually. The uh, Wheatley one for, for best voice. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing I mean, wrong with that at all. He would have been my third choice, but it's still a pretty worthy. Much, yeah. <laughs> freaking Portal 2 did pretty goddamn well. And mm-hmm. so did Bastion with best original score, best uh, downloadable game, and... Best song. Best song. So, congrats to you guys. That is freaking awesome. The big one, of course, was best game, game of the year, went to Skyrim. Now, I'm not saying that's the wrong choice. Now, the choices, of course, were uh, Arkham City, Legend of Zelda, Skyward Sword, Portal 2, and Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception. But what's funny here, <laughs> and, and they won for best studio, Bethesda won for best studio as well. What's funny is that... Um, Skyrim didn't win for best Xbox game, best PS3 game, or best PC game, <laughs> and yet it's the game of the year. Hey, in all fairness, <laughs> it wasn't even nominated in those categories. That's what's wrong with the VGAs, people. <laughs> they try so hard to spread the love so that it's not just one game that gets everything, that it comes off being ridiculous like this. Um yeah, best uh, 360, we're looking at Batman Arkham Asylum. Uh, best uh, PS3, Uncharted, no surprise there. Best Wii game, Skyward Sword, duh. duh. Uh, PS, PC game, best one, uh, Portal 2. And But it did win best RPG, at least. Yeah. Well. So at least they've kind of got that whole snafu sorted out after last year. Yeah. So, I, but I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, again, not much in terms of surprises. Definitely not much in terms of surprises if you were watching. You actually had to go and freaking check the results afterwards because the show turned into just a whole extravaganza of showing you clips of the games that were nominated for best of the year and then basically the previews of what's coming up. And that was kind of it. In two hours, they gave away six awards yep. actually on stage. And then they just kind of, you know, okie doked their way through the rest of them. And that's the thing that a lot of people were saying too. Like, talk about a slap in the face to the people that actually went to this that were nominated. <laughs> they, they went out of their way to go there. Like some of these actors, I mean, they don't necessarily want to be there. They go out of the way to be there to accept this award and they're not even shown on TV accepting it. And it's like, oh man. Did you see Mark Hamill's Twitter? No, I didn't. And he was actually there. And, you know, he had terrible seats. Like, they stuck him up in the balcony. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, cool, Joker won for best character. Does anybody know who won for best voice actor? I didn't see them give away that award. <laughs> and it's true. It's freaking insulting. <laughs> he was nominated, and he didn't even know who won. Yeah. They they handled it like crap. They spent more time with that freaking jackass who ranted it last year that they made a big show of him uh, this year. They spent uh, more time on that than they could have giving awards to the actual people who deserved it. I mean, come on. Like, really? This is hey, this is not there, entertainment. There you go, kids. If you're a worthless douchebag who records videos of himself sitting in his car spitting at the camera, 
you could be on TV. <laughs> next year at the VGAs. And the the other big one that we're going to end with was the opening cinematic for Diablo 3 because Blizzard won uh an award as well. What did what's what's the one that they won? The Gamer Gods. Gamer Gods, yeah. Uh, you know what? You don't have to have legitimate categories. You can make up shit. You can. <laughs> they're not going like, to be studio of the year. What can we give them? So that they'll let us show the Diablo trailer. <laughs> so, gamer gods, yeah. So they went up and uh, cheesy little speech, but then they showed the intro to um, to Diablo three, which, as we figured, to Deckard Kane, man, he's freaking barbecued after this <laughs> he got <laughs> fireball up the ass trying to run away it was a fantastic trailer as is to be expected i and and again it's it's i already know the gameplay we've seen enough of it and then i'm kind of hmm but then you see these freaking trailers and it's like hot ah, dude i'm gonna need to play i'm gonna have to play it was freaking awesome I loved that opening segment, the dream sequence, when it yes. was all like the, the sketches and stuff. That was so well executed. And it kind of made me wish, like, I'm watching this stuff going out, you know, it's the archangels just ripping shit apart. And I'm like, man, I'd kind of like to play that game. That game, yeah. <laughs> make, make a console game where you play freaking Tyrael tearing through the horde of hell. <laughs> I will buy that. Yes, yes, actually. <laughs> Looks like it'd be a damn sight more fun than what we're looking at for D3 right now. <laughs> All right, with that, we're actually going to let you go. Make sure to join us next week when we have our picks for what we think were the best games of the year. And like I said, there's going to be some drinks and there's going to be some fun and it should be a blast. This episode will be out tomorrow. You can reach us, of course, on Twitter at ForTheLore. As well, you can send emails to ForTheLore at gmail.com. And wish Joe some good mental and health and everything because poor boy's got a, a bad flu and he wasn't feeling good and that's why he wasn't here tonight so wish him the best and we'll see you guys next week I picked up Star Wars The Old Republic Revan by Drew Karpishan at Vince's recommendation and I'm glad I did I had no idea what I was getting into, having never read a Star Wars novel. As I've said on the podcast before, I'm not a Star Wars fanboy. However, having gotten to play in the Old Republic beta several weekends with my son, I have suddenly become far more interested in the lore of that era. Revan takes place thousands of years prior to the original Star Wars movie A New Hope. If you played Knights of the Old Republic, also by Bioware, and enjoyed that storyline, you're almost certainly going to enjoy Revan, as it's obviously starring the same lead character. In KOTOR you played as Revan, having had your mind wiped after having turned to the dark side and destroyed many Jedi in the Order. More light is shed on those events in the Revan novel. No pun intended. You discovered that after Revan and Malak conquered the Mandalorian forces, Revan having defeated the Mandalore himself, they take his helm, the symbol of leadership which is of the utmost importance to the Mandalorian, and hide it on a remote icy planet. It's there that they discover a secret regarding the Sith, a race that they thought they'd wiped out after the last war. They venture into dark territory, and you discover that they get abducted by the Dark Emperor, who brainwashes them, turning them to the dark side, and then sends them off to slaughter the Republic and come back to him with any useful information so that the Empire may take over, well, everything. Fortunately, Revan gets captured by the Republic and mind-wiped, and that's where the novel takes off several years after those events. Revan continues to have unsettling nightmares about a planet caught in a perpetual lightning storm. 
driven by the force, he leaves his wife Basila, whom you'll remember from Kotor, and their unborn child to investigate. This leads him eventually to a dead planet where all of the force has been siphoned out of every living thing, including the very planet. It's there that he's abducted by Lord Scourge, a Sith Lord, and his master, Darth Nerys. He spends the next four years as their captive, interrogated and oddly befriended by Scourge, though it's more friendship born of respect and convenience. Each believes their trick in the other into slowly doing that which will serve themselves. The writing in this story is quite good. It isn't eloquent or flowery, but rather clear and to the point. The beauty in the writing comes from Karpishin's ability to craft such amazing characters. The plot never lags, whether reading about Revan in a cell with Scourge or Basila in her living room with Mitra, Revan's former student. His characters are very well defined and remain true to themselves, which is required when writing about such diverse races and factions. Also, his plot progression and pacing is spot on, keeping you turning every page well into the early morning hours. The conclusion to the novel seems to come too quickly, though that's simply because I wanted the story to continue, having enjoyed it so much. Many of the events in this story lead directly or indirectly into the MMO, though if nothing else, it's made me appreciate the depth of the game all the more. I began playing in the early game access yesterday and must say that upon setting foot in Cast City, a small shiver of excitement ran down my spine as I recalled the city as if I'd been there many times. Watching a creepy ass video of a freaking robot that looks too human. I, I've seen too many of those to sleep soundly already. So. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it is really freaking creepy. You know they're just you know they're just gonna use it for sex. It's scary, but it's possible. Ah. No, don't make it move. <laughs> it's bad enough sitting still. It's like it's hooked up to a connect. When he does stuff, it does it too. Because <laughs> a whole meaning, That's, can, oh. whole new meaning to go fuck yourself. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not if impressed that the first thing that he wants to do is see how wide he can get the mouth. That's that's not right. I'm sure he doesn't need it that right wide anyway. And if it wasn't moving, it could almost trick me. Oh, you damn right. Now all the what they need to do now is put this this skin on the freaking Honda robot. What's that one called again? You know the one I'm talking about. Oh, the about. The, the, the Asimo. Yeah, because <laughs> that sucker can walk around and do shit. It can pour juice for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, all she needs to do is lay there. <laughs> yeah. Then you just get this on that one. Yeah. But look at how scary that is, man. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you need. Her looking back and forth, side to side. <laughs> just plop her in a food court somewhere and make her do that. <laughs> Freak the hell out of people. <laughs> Smile, too. Like, Jesus. <laughs> oh, 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 no, no. Don't do that. <laughs> no. I will not be your robot sex slave. <laughs> no, you can't make me do it. At least she's buttoned all the way to the top, and it's not like she has a huge rack, so that's good. Even though they're zooming in on it, that's... Yeah, well, 
It's that comic framing. Yeah. Yeah. Agent. You can have nightmares about that tonight. <laughs> Maybe they won't be nightmares. Yeah, really. <laughs> Little droid noises in the background. <laughs> as long as it's not that friggin' Jawa. <laughs> HK47 banging her in your dreams. <laughs> the Jawa is so awesome. Okay. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'll start with my agent then. So or inquisitor, I I don't know. <laughs> They're all awesome. Yeah. You poor dear. I know. I shouldn't be complaining to the guy who lives at the North Pole. Yeah. Really? Wrong person to complain to. But you know what? It bothers me. <laughs> it is it too much to ask for a temperature below eighty in December? <laughs> Do you really want to play that game with me? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Jesus. Not 80 below. How I mean, many that's... layers do you have to put on? Oh, that's right. Maybe one. Yeah, we have to put on quite a few when we're going out. So shut up. And that's just go to the bathroom. Basically, yeah. Freaking outhouse gets cold. <laughs> I has reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> you could have totally not played on our server. Yeah, really. We wouldn't miss you one bit. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, don't even talk to me about that. I might buy it just because there's a freaking robotic dog. 